Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Deep Dive Cosmere. I'm your host, Craig. Joining me this week are Corey. Hello, Internet. Mike. Ole. And Dave. Yeah. All right. Normally, we start with a good thing this week, and I won't mix that up. So uh, let's do a good thing. Me, what is a good thing? So, guys, I'm going to mix it up this uh Seriously, though, this is very unusual for me. Maybe Dave. Uh, I'm going to talk about it's very weird because hey, I man, our good thing this week is mac and cheese and chicken nuggets and plain <laughs> pizza. I hate food. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a fan of. I'm bad at eating. Um, just because I'm. I'm not a. I'm not a fan of delicious flavor. So like, I'm a goofball who's like the more official, well-made something is, the less I probably like it. I like, as Dave pointed out, my Kraft Mac and Cheese. You know, the more heavily processed, the more get. Case in point, we went to a sushi restaurant, and he got chicken fingers. Stop. <laughs> hey, hey, I tried the um the cat cabbage for the first time, so and it wasn't bad, surprisingly. I hate lettuce, guys. Okay, we're not here talking about this that I hate. We'll I don't like product. iceberg lettuce. Iceberg lettuce is pointless, and when it's shredded, it's just pointless and messy. I want to talk about a good thing. And the good thing this week is the new air fryer that we got about like, um, you can't eat that. You can't eat the air fryer, but you can put things in the air fryer and it is a thing at how fast it, um, but it's not like microwave, you know, let's kill all the water and it, it's, it, it retains, you know, flavor, uh, which is weird for me. Cause like I said, I don't typically care for that sort of, but, uh, I got these toasted raviolis, uh, from uh, BJ's, which you know, six minutes. Like the thing that I would go to Wawa. Oh, Wawa! It's if you don't know what Sheets is, <laughs> it's like a much better Seven Eleven, like ten times better. At if least. you don't know um, this regional thing, you might recognize this <laughs> other regional thing. <laughs> I think Dave got what I was doing. Is so. Because he National? lives near you. I know. It's, <laughs> it's I, a convenience I mean, you, you store. It's basically like think so. like Quickie Mart on The Simpsons. It's like <laughs> that's right anyway the point is nicer and yeah you, you spend like four dollars to get it from there or i got my giant box and i just stick them in and it's so cheap, much cheaper or um i do burgers like i could throw a burger in there and i don't have to worry about like setting up the grill or everything grill or everything because it just does it for me and if you like juicy burgers it keeps the juice in for those of you who like that sort um it, oh man, I did like chicken. I don't know other things. You just throw it in and like magic. And my wife, okay, I'm talking about stuff. Eats like real food, and she's doing you know broccoli and Brussels sprouts and whatever other veggies you can think of, and they turn out really good. I did French bread pizza, guys. French bread pizza in an air fryer is amazing. I wasn't expecting it. I'm like, you know what? It's just gonna be the same old. You stick it in an oven? No, no, is good. It's soft. Like, it has a slight crisp on the edges, but then it's, like, soft and inside. Like, so I'm not a fan of food, but I have to say the air. So Craig's good thing is he has a new way to cook his chicken nuggets and <laughs> pizza rolls. <laughs> yep. Thank you for summarizing, su- summarizing that. So, Dave, why don't you tell us what you're good? My good thing this week is Ken Ken. It's kind of like if Sudoku and Kekuro had a baby. Uh, tell me more. 
Uh, it's a puzzle. I think it's Japanese. Uh, so like a Sudoku, you have to put a digit one through. Most of them don't go up to nine. I guess they've got different size ones, like one through four, one through six. They might do some that are one through nine. So each row and column has to have each digit exactly once, like a Sudoku. But then you also have uh, sections, which in the simpler ones have to add up to a specific number. And so unlike a Sudoku, these uh, sections can have the same number twice. Like if it's the sections in an L shape, oh, you might have to have two sixes because they're in different columns or whatever. So it's also kind of like a Kukuro in that you have to add numbers up and, you know, think about the, like the maximum and minimum possible combinations and things. Uh, yeah, it's a puzzle. It's, it's fun because I don't like I don't like Sudoku that much. And I do like Kikuro, But when you're doing like a pure Kikuro, a lot of times it just gets either. I don't know how to solve them or you just they're way too deep hypotheticals you have to do to finish a Kikuro. Uh, and, you know, if you don't know what a Kikuro is, it's kind of like a crossword puzzle with uh, numbers. And so rather than having a word in each um, across or down spot, you have a number that you have to add up to. Uh, I also want to mention Kikuro, or rather Kenken, doesn't necessarily have sums in each uh, portion. It could be like, all right, you need to find two numbers whose difference is three, or two numbers that multiply together to get six, right? So, yeah, it's just kind of like, if you don't like uh, Sudoku for one reason, and you don't like Kikuro for another reason... Maybe like this is the right combination of those two concepts that uh, you could get into if you're looking for a new kind of puzzle and you haven't tried Ken Ken before. It does remind me a little bit of the thing I've been trying to get you into, Dave, for that Sudoku group that does alternate puzzles that isn't Sudoku. They they do um they have a similar thing where they have regions Sudoku grid, uh, which you sum like it's it's a region that has a sum to it. You have to find the numbers that add to that particular sum. The only difference here is that uh you can't repeat digits a particular whereas it sounds like in this one you can right if they're not in the same column they can be repeated within the region uh that kind of reminds me a friend of mine was actually writing a sudoku puzzle and i think sudoku can be more interesting when you have additional rules like he was doing a an anti-night sudoku so basically if it's in the same three by three grid or row or column they can't be the same number or if two cells are a knight's move away, like in chess, then they also can't be the same number, which I guess is a common like additional rule that Sudoku constructors employ. Like it actually, I think like in general, anytime you do a puzzle that allows for more logic in solving it rather than like you, you don't want guesswork. You want to be able to make deductions based on the information given to you. That I think when are you going to play Baba is you. I did play it. We talked about it. All right, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> when are you going to keep playing it? Give us a good thing. <laughs> okay, so at the beginning of Dave's good thing, my head was still in, and he said two words that I didn't recognize as, huh, those are two things that I didn't know you could eat. I bet they're delicious. Anyway, uh, my good thing this week is Hellboy 2 The Golden Army. Um, I just watched it with an open mind for the first time uh, a couple days ago. And previously, I hated this movie. Um, It wasn't as much like uh, the first Hellboy as I wanted. And I didn't like that. And so, yeah, I hated it forever, having watched like three quarters and not really paid attention. 
Um, so yeah, a couple days ago, I rewatched it with an open mind directly after the first one going in and it's great. It's, it's probably better than the first one. And I love, I love the first Hellboy. Um, the monster designs are all super duper cool. It doesn't suffer from the same, like very obvious switches to CGI that the first Hellboy had. Um, Guillermo del Toro probably the best person in Hollywood right now for like cool monster designs and practical effects of them like it's it's great the the world is bigger and weirder in the in in the way that like Hellboy should be it's just a re- I regret judging it so harshly in the past cool. uh, BT dubs the new 2019 Hellboy with David Harbor not good don't don't bother with that one but Hellboy 2 the Golden Army Hellboy 2004 both of them fantastic to watch yeah, those again i wondered if that was where it was going to go was don't watch the new one it's i know this is good thing and i'm getting into bad thing but it's just it's totally all over the place there are there are long extended scenes that should have been cut like the script needed more work just there's lots going on in that movie that it just wasn't just wasn't a well-made movie on top of other problems okay but so, Hellboy 2004 and Hellboy 2: The Golden Army, wonderful films, especially if you can ignore the the very very obvious CGI Hellboy 2004. It's not good. It's it's as much of a special effects failure as Guillermo del Toro ever has. All right, moving on, Tori. If you guys haven't been over to the Good Thing Channel to see the picture of my new swim trunks, you need to get over there right now. My husband ordered these swim trunks, which feature a cowboy kitten riding a shark through space as the shark is vomiting rainbows. Like, and I don't know how this sort is, of thing exists, but... I don't know either. <laughs> it but, does. So my husband and his brother, they, they're always trying to outdo each other for who can dress the most obnoxiously on our family vacation. <laughs> and so my husband ordered these swim trunks. But, it's wet. Uh, the wrong size, the wrong size came in, so uh, they they happened to fit me, <laughs> and uh, so now they're mine. <laughs> and he's already ordered himself a new pair uh, in his size, but like this one is mine, and I I look forward to wearing those for our Fourth of July party. And like it, yeah, they are majestically obnoxious, and I love them. Very cool. Well, if you guys want to see a picture of this you can join our discord for free just go to patreon.com slash cosmerecast and the link to the Discord and talk about good things like the shark vomiting rainbow also i do have to give a a secondary shout out i love this dolphin thing going on like oh so the dolphins in space with like some planet in the background yeah that was uh i asked for suggestions on what kind of shirt i could get to go with my new swim trunks and uh mike threw this one up for us and um it's a it's a good looking picture. All right. Um all right, cool. So back to you, Dave. I heard that some chapters read you. What? Why don't you tell us about those chapters? Alright. Chapters six and seven of Shadows of Self in the Silence, first of the Dusk Bringer. Mistborn five. <laughs> Shadows of Self by Brandon Sanderson. At least you got the author name. Yeah, I often don't. Uh, chapter six, Doxil. I like Say's April better than Doxil. What do you guys think? Spooktober. Spooktober. Spooktober is that flavor. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing tops Spooktober. <laughs> All right. Sunni pups. 
This was just an ad in the broadsheet with like a little plush doggy, and they're called Sunni pups. And okay. that was such a cute name. I had I had a thought for that, and I don't have the skill to pull this off. So what if you had like soft fabric that could be like flipped in and out, and then you had like a wolf, you know, wolf head, wolf limb, wolf tail, and then you can flip it inside out and move all that stuff on the inside, and then the fabric that is now on the outside looks like a um, looks like just a blob with like some bones floating in. Yes. So yes. like a trans, like a plush transformer. Yeah, and it and it turns from Tensoon to Mistrace. Yes. And again, I don't have the skill to make this. Um, Nor do I. But I would love to buy one if I could ever find yes. one. And I've looked. You've looked for uh, a Sunni pup. I have looked. Yes. Somebody tweet Brandon right now. Tell him to get his team uh, on. Craig's this. our Twitter liaison. Oh, I'm not, I don't touch Twitter. Get that out of here. He's our Reddit liaison. He's supposed yes, to be. I can Reddit him. Hey, he's uploaded all those memes that I've made it, right? And, and made it. He's advertised for us on Reddit before, right? I have. Like recently. No, not recently. Like within the last two <laughs> years. You could I'm at least sure. post my memes, Craig. I had some issues with Reddit before, which were fixed, and I got a baby. I mean, Come I on, just... You're going to be this. like 18 years from now, and you're still going to be blaming that baby. <laughs> I, I just today shilled for us on Twitter. I didn't feel like posting on Reddit. All right, so here's the problem, Craig. If you don't post these memes to Reddit, then I'm going to post them to Reddit, and I might accidentally read spoilers when I do it. Just close your eyes when you go onto the subreddit. Close your eyes, figure out where the pre go. Look at this one of uh, Mayor Quimby's nephew with the one, like, I cropped out the one arm. I mean, I did so much work. You did. And all you had to do is post it to Reddit. I okay. I didn't know you actually wanted me to. Post. The problem is there. There is a separate subreddit for memes called Krempos. That doesn't sound like a problem. That just sounds like an opportunity. <laughs> yeah. I still want to put the Cosmere deep dive logo on Leela's hat instead of the new New York Yankees logo. I just realized that that's like a clever way to uh, avoid copyright issues for you know for the writers of Futurama. Make up their own, call them the new New York Yankees and make up a new logo for them so that you don't have to pay to use the Yankees logo. Come on, find Hoyd yet again. It's so funny. <laughs> I, I actually, I, that I think is one of my favorite you did. <laughs> Speaking of, Hoyd was in one of, Hoyd was in this chapter or the chapters this week. So let's get going. Uh, SUNY pups, huh? SUNY pups are great. All right, uh, time for the chapter proper. Dancing around egos and secrets. And we have another, like, montage. It's, like, the fifth montage so far this book. And, like, you don't need this many montages. I, I feel like I'm I over mean, montage. clearly we do. I guess. Maybe it's, like, the second. I don't know. It seems like a lot of montages for only being the sixth chapter. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not the one with a multi-billion dollar Cosmere industry yet. Dancing around egos and secrets. Wax, what a shot, Wayne. Your grasp of the language is startling, considering how you so frequently brutalize it. Ain't nobody what knows the cow better than the butcher. And uh, I think Wayne might kind of, might be like strong bed in that he he knows how to speak properly and he demands that other people speak properly, but he just he don't have the time for that himself, you know. Also, I'm I'm kind of like that too. Uh, all right, next scene. Uh, grain shipment wreck. Lieutenant Yavies. Marasi gets to listen to the speech. Yay! 
I don't remember who Lieutenant Yavies is. I just wanted to say his name out loud, Lieutenant Yavies. I think he's the one that what goes up with Marasi to talk to the boss. And she's like, ah, the super boss. He wanted me to listen to the speech. And he's like, you can go hang out with the reporters. All right. Next scene. As advertised. This is the spot. Oh, wait, no. I'm skipped over one. All right. Bloody Tan is back. Yay. I dash Wee's apartment. Looks like we're going to need a new prime suspect. Next scene. As advertised, speechy blah blah. Sophie Tarksell. Innate will not suffer the defamation of his brother's character, but nobody cares. Of course the constabulary's bungled raid is the cause of Winsting's death. Guardsman is fired. Next scene. Whiskey. Next scene. Bubble trouble. Next scene. Spooky boog. Someone else moves us, the lawman. Uh, so for, for a one, moment, when you mentioned whiskey and then bubble trouble, I was I thought we were going all Willy Wonka for those fizzy lifting drinks. I don't know. Well, why. there there is the boss in Bubble Bobble that throws whiskey bottles at you. I don't remember that, but sure. Do you don't remember the guys in Bubble Bobble? Oh, well, he was a like a bigger version of the other guys. They throw whiskey bottles at you, or throw whatever. Michael find a gift. Um, I don't know. Wax and Wayne are going to this uh, Steel Runner's apartment, and they find that she's been spiked. Or not spiked. She's been... What's the word for... She's been like... allergic. <laughs> so, she's not spiked, because we say spiked to refer to the person who receives the spike. But what what is the name of the person whose power is in the spike? She was... That's a good question. Was, um... Spoke? Spanked? Uh, I believe the yeah. correct term is dead. Yeah. <laughs> she was murdered. dead. <laughs> murdered. Uh, but no, she... no. What what are we gonna call it when when siphon. you become the hemolytic spike? She was inspikinated. <laughs> All right, she was inspikinated. There we go. They took a part of her soul and put it in a spike. And apparently, you can also coat the spike with blood to so preserve. I will say the power. The copper mine, what he calls it, the person with the capital P. Uh, no, lower doesn't right. count. All right, I like ours better. <laughs> All right, Sunni pups. All right, in the other scene, Marasi is listening to the governor's speech. Uh, apparently, Wayne says, or rather, Wax says he saw bloody tan, and Wayne's like, "Nah, mate, that's impossible." They go to Adashri's apartment, blah, 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 she dead, uh, blah, blah, speechy, blah, blah. Who's Sophie Tarksell? One that was just the one time in the chapter and not again. Yeah, How did I write down her name? I don't know. She seemed, maybe she seemed important. Because she was mentioned in the chapter. Oh, she's, she's like the governor's, like, she works for the governor. She's like the uh, photographer or something, or she's like the, like the social media uh She's like the PR person, or she's like sets up the technology. She sets up the equipment on the stage, or something. She does something tech techy, something tech technologicy. Well, I'm sure we'll hear from her again. All right. <laughs> um, so, in a is a good orator, and people like. I guess he's, they like the sound of his voice, but he's saying dumb stuff about trying to protect his brother's reputation, and Marasi thinks that that's not really what the people care about. Uh, and then a guy tries to shoot him, and she puts up a bendelay bubble around him to uh, so that like the mayor can escape or governor, whatever governor can escape. 
because she has the would-be assassin in a slowed down time bubble. And then also the bullet gets deflected when it hits the edge of the time bubble, of course. Although I'm, I'm more on that in a minute. Um, next scene just says whiskey. Did Wayne Wayne just drinking I dash Are you whiskey? trying to ask us to interpret your notes? Because that that is a losing. You guys read the chapters too. Hello. I'm, if, if I'm the only one reading the chapters, we'll just cancel the whole podcast because I'm not going to know what's going on if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say that I have definitely read chapters at one. I read them this week. So Craig is saying this is not Warbreaker or Stormlight. No, no. I just, <laughs> I, I'm waiting a little bit because I'm actually currently, re- but I figured I would read these two. Uh, miss- Once I start reading, I'm not going to want to. Shadows and Bands of Morning. Okay. Bands of Self, I actually Shadows did the of same morning. thing with Words of Radiance. I decided to wait and then I started reading it and then completely passed you. And- with them of Rock. Ah, uh, with them of Rock. So there's something about whiskey. I think Wayne is probably drinking whiskey in this scene. That's probably why I wrote it down. He's drinking Iodashwi's whiskey, and he doesn't like it, but he, that doesn't stop him from drinking it. That's a fair assumption. Hey, bubble trouble. All right, so I started thinking about the physics of shooting a bullet out of a time bubble. Now, if Morassi's got a Bendeloy bubble up, the guy, the guy shoots the gun, and the bullet is flying at Bendeloy time. Cadmium. And when it... When it comes, so when it comes out of the bubble, wouldn't it actually be traveling very slowly because it's coming out of Bendeloy time? I understand, like the I understand that the trajectory is going to be deflected when in in an unpredictable way when it hits the edge of the bubble. That's fine, but wouldn't? But this is we we hear the bullet soared over the crowd because of the change of trajectory. But would the bullet actually be going that fast coming out of a Bendeloy bubble? Wouldn't it just kind of like flop down flat? Because it's actually moving slowly relative to Earth time or why, schedule time. Why would its velocity or moment? Yeah, its velocity is still going. Well, velocity is change in distance over time. So the time has changed. So technically the velocity, right? Quick, someone who knows physics, write in spoiler or whatever, non-spoiler. So it would seem to be going very fast on the inside. But on the outside, the bullet would look to be moving very slowly. And when it exits the bubble, would it retain that slow velocity as observed from outside the bubble? Why does it suddenly pick up speed when it exits the bubble? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Mike and say, why would the velocity change? Because while velocity is distance over time, the thing is, time is what the bubble is. So the relative measure is still the same. So it still have the same velocity when it exits. Okay, so the bullet's local time is always going at one second per second. While it's in the speed bubble, its local time relative to the time outside of the bubble is different. Once it exits the speed bubble, its local time relative to the inside of the bubble is different. But the bullet's local time is always one second per second. That doesn't change. We we really got to get into relativity if we're going to start trying to figure out how these bubbles... So I guess what you're... So similarly, when Marasi lowers the bubble, she goes back to a normal speed. So the bullet would as well. It's interesting. But there, there is a definite difference when it hits the edge because, like, well, yeah, because some molecules, yeah, some molecule molecules are going at one speed, and the other molecules Which are going. Which is why at it speed. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I okay. think it's it's safe enough, and we are gonna have to use a bit of rule um, because I'm not sure if the the exact physics will match up described in the book. But I think for our purposes, it's safe to say 
it would just deflect it because of bubbles, the bendel bubble as well. Uh, also, Brandon has explicitly changed how physics work in the Cosmere uh, to accommodate time bubbles and make them not cook everyone in them with radiation. <laughs> that reminds me of some Randall Monroe stuff. Um, okay, that's fine. So it's like in La Mulana, if you fall a great distance, but then you teleport to a Grail tablet, you still have the downward momentum and you still get like... You still get like the long fall stun even after warping. Yes. Sure. Okay. It's exactly uh, like next Lama question. Lama. What happens if the bullet is made out of aluminum and shot out of a time bubble? It still. I think it still has to deal with the actual. It's like yeah. It still interacts with physics. The aluminum bit just means that it can't be pushed or pulled. Right. So I thought aluminum was also affect a, an aluminum object, but. The time bubble itself just exists, so it would encompass the aluminum material. So I don't think it would uh, change. So it's kind of like you can have protection from white, but if you cast Wrath of God, it affects all creatures and it's not targeted, so you'll still get sent to the graveyard. Yes. It's exactly yes. like that, yes. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. You can also wear aluminum lining in your hat to keep emotional alamancy from affecting you. Aluminum is interesting. Or so they say. And I I'm... tell you guys about my Wrath of God Armageddon deck. Is that? Oh boy. I mean, it's it's not like uh, Brandon to deal with. It was okay. for everybody else. Like it was not <laughs> meant to win. This was was so when we were in college, we would get together like after class. I'm not going to have fun, and you're not allowed to have fun either. Exactly. So Tori's uh, the reason I don't like Magic the Gathering. Ha! Um, I, yeah, I'm the reason I don't like it. Here. <laughs> so, <laughs> college after classes, we Island get is Island day. is the worst card in the deck. That was <laughs> the most. And a bunch card. of bunch of my friends and we would all sit around a big table and we would just play these massive group games of magic the gathering and the way these group games turned out is that everybody just had these decks that they would slowly build and then they would crash over each other like a wave and it was they were just absolutely obnoxious and um and so I was like, you know what? I'm I'm just gonna build a deck that's not gonna win, but is going to annoy the heck out of everybody. And so it was a whole bunch of it. I only had like four lands in there, but the rest of it was like artifact mana, and and it was just spells that that destroyed all creatures, destroyed all lands, destroyed all everything. And <laughs> yeah, we know how you win. Somewhere. You know how you win that game is um, you make your deck so big. That you can't possibly deck out. <laughs> like, you make, like, a 100 or 120-card deck, and then the person with the lame 40-card deck decks out because they don't have enough cards to survive all the Armageddon. Well, if I find it still floating around here somewhere, I'll post the build for you. But, yeah, it was it was just to annoy people. Anyway, back to the Cosmere. <laughs> I do like that idea, though. Like, I don't like playing Magic. It's not fun for me. Why should it be fun for you? <laughs> <laughs> and and you didn't go just the more, the way more traditional route of just play blue. <laughs> no, that was the problem. You know, that was there that were two people in the group. No, there were two people in the group that had black and blue deck, and they were completely obnoxious, and I hated them. And so that well, that was that was the inspiration for this. Yeah, Tori, I was gonna say I like that that you're like you know what you you're not allowed to like magic either, but you found a different way to do it that was. <laughs> Yeah, like literal scorched <laughs> earth mentality here. 
Don't get me wrong. Blue's my favorite. Read into that what you will. Um, I'm reading quite a bit into I'm, it. I am not <laughs> surprised. I like, I think, like, IRL conceptually, I, I like Blue. But just, like, in playing the game, it got to the point where I, I played uh, MTG Arena while it was in beta. And I got to the point where I was just so tired of playing against Blue. As soon as somebody yeah. put an island down, I just hit forfeit. Like, I don't, I don't want to play against Blue. I'm done. <laughs> I'd rather have fun. I'd rather win one out of five games and have fun than play out Blue isn't always control, though. Someone could be Okay, sometimes right, there were a lot of times it, it, it was uh, blue-green merfolk decks. Like, in MTG beta, MTG arena beta, there were a lot of merfolk decks, blue-green. So sometimes I'd wait it out and see if it was a merfolk deck, which were pretty, really strong, but in a, it, it seemed more of a fair kind of strong, just like mono-blue. Alright, what are we talking about? Whiskey? Or you're talking about shooting Illumina. All right, so yeah. Now you said you've said that an aluminum wall would block a Bendeloy bubble. So why would an aluminum wall? Who said that? Michael did. Is that correct, Mike? What? Who's Michael? (laughs) Lamb Gwyn. Mike said that. Did I say that? Yep. Okay. I I don't remember. I don't remember saying that, but it makes sense. All right, next. Next scene. Um, so this book that Marsh gave Wax, it turns out it was written by Listabils, also known as Spook. Hence, Spooky Book. Uh, also, what? what's what's his what's his like epic name? He has a special the final name. Mistborn. <laughs> the final man. Um, the Lord Mistborn. Although now I like Final Mistborn. That sounds pretty cool. So, so Dave, Lord Mistborn. What's up? Okay. And Mike. Um, apparently. Not Tori, though. Sorry, Tori. Denzo's and Tori. Okay. Well, Tori wasn't interested in the, in the bubble thing. Well, I guess you are. Um, <laughs> my gosh. Cadmium and Bendeloy bubble can have dead zones by using... You can do aluminum to shield an entire area from the bubble itself. And it won't be included within the bubble encompassed by the bubble. Well, so there's definitely something going on with the aluminum and bubbles. And I was mistaken. I mean, maybe the bullets still won't be affected, but... So if you make an aluminum room and someone just outside that room makes a speed bubble, you won't yeah. be speed bubbled. But Correct. if someone inside that room makes a speed bubble, outside yeah. of that room won't be speed bubbled. Yes. Okay. That makes sense to me. Okay. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's basically the example that came up uh, toward the end of um, uh, Law of Alloys. Alloy of Law. Law there was of Alloys. No there was no aluminum involved in, in the end of Alloy of Law. Law of Alloys was the book that Isaac Newton wrote. Uh, no, but I, I brought it up as a hypothetical. You know, could Marasi be on the other side of a wall and trap like somebody and basically keep them within a small confine and be protected from them by being on the other side of the wall? And you said, I can think of one exception. And the exception was if the wall's made out of aluminum, she couldn't do that. So it, it, it has come up before in Alloy of Law. Okay. In hypothetical. I so, still don't remember saying that, but I agree with that, so sure. Okay. Um, the other thing, so like, I'm imagining if a bullet is made out of aluminum and the gun and the operator are not made out of aluminum and they're inside like a Bendeloy bubble, an aluminum would be going like, bam, like speed of light maybe, I don't know, out of the gun and the recoil on the gun and the operator would just be like, fantastic. I want to see it, someone try it. Uh, um, I have something else interesting. Now, this comes from Word of Branded, 
from the signing of this particular book. So I think Dave is clear. Spoilers. Um, someone's asking about the mechanics of aluminum with a Vendaloid bubble. If you try to put if if Wayne tries to put a bubble around an aluminum object such that it intersects some object, he cannot place them like it will pop. So the summary is that aluminum pops. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, so like an aluminum wall, the bubble would just maneuver and go around the wall. But since a bubble would try to completely encompass an aluminum bubble, it wouldn't be able to, and that's what would pop. Yeah. Uh, So it makes me wonder if you fire... That's a good answer. An aluminum bullet through a bubble, wouldn't it just pop the bubble? If you fire it from the outside, yeah. I guess or so. even from the inside to go to the no, outside. No, I might do. Well, I wonder if the bubble would actually just like, it would deflect the bullet, and the bullet wouldn't be able to penetrate the bubble. So, Dave, your question yeah. about shooting a light speed bullet uh, is answered in Randall Monroe's "What If." Um, it's actually the first question. It deals with a baseball, but the principles remain the same. Uh, it doesn't really matter what the bullet's made of. You have bigger problems. <laughs> Is that the first what if? I love yeah. those. Oh man! Um, but the the correct uh, official answer is you wouldn't be able to create the bubble around the aluminum bullet to begin with, which is fair. All right, uh, I think we covered chapter six. Someone tries to shoot the mayor, and they find that uh, I has been punctured. That's it. Why would someone that's, try to shoot mayor? Just... She's been dead for three hundred something years. <laughs> Uh, you know, probably try to double snap Kelsier, see if he got a Farukami out of it. Why did I have to make that? Should have been a Dave joke. (laughs) (laughs) I meant governor. Sorry. That was a Dave joke. Chapter seven. Okay. Chapter seven. We missed Renette. Steris is here. Lady Zobel's party. Invitation has gone missing. Thinking hurts me noggin. Hoyt is still alive. So is Harmony. Pam, the bleeder of the third generation, has not made very good choices. She is hiding from Harmony. Time to reread Era 1 now that I know the rules. Harmony thinks Morassi has a crush on Wax. And time for some scone. And we'll take a break here. I'll be back in ten minutes. All right, and we're back from the break. Uh, that was a good cut, Mike. Thank you for the fine editing, as always. Don't thank All me. Right. Thank future Mike. <laughs> All right, so Renette came by the apartment and dropped off a gun, I guess. It's, I don't know. but Oh, she dropped off a slap for Wayne, <laughs> and Wayne wanted it in the bum. <laughs> but the butler wouldn't spank him. Oh, man. I mean, you should fire that butler. He's clearly not doing his job. Yeah, he's supposed to deliver messages from guests. So Steris is also here, and she wants Wax to go to Lady Zobel's party. The governor's going to be there, despite the assassination attempt, or maybe because of the assassination attempt on a brave front. And uh, thinking hurts me noggin. I guess Wayne probably said that. I don't know why he was thinking. It'd be weird if Wax did. It'd be real weird <laughs> if Wax said that. Right, so for some reason, Steris believes that their invitation to the ball has gone missing because of Wayne. How could she blame Wayne? Besides the fact that we 100% know that Wayne stole it <laughs> to give to the uh, dormitory lady. Okay. Uh, so 
Wax is like, I need time to think. And Wayne is like, hey, Hoy, do you mind if I write up front with you? So, yeah, this takes place like 300 years after Hoyd was born, but he's still there. You think it's just 300 years? Yeah, your time frame is a little bit flawed there, buddy. Wait, we already saw Hoyd in um, Alloy of Law. Anyway, so this isn't new news. Although before you could just kind of be like, aha, that was a cameo. It doesn't really count. No, every Hoyd appearance counts. So and, Hoyt and is if the you Kevin remember Spider-Man. our discussion about Hoyd, he was there from the shattering. He was there from the shattering. I don't remember that discussion, but thank you for the refresher. Yeah, Hoyd was the seventeenth man of the sixteen man god bomb heist explosion. <laughs> so he was like Ocean's Eleven, but the sequel. So he was number twelve. Yeah. Uh, okay. Crap. Now I've got to recast his what's his twelve. Jim Carrey. No, Julia the, Roberts. No, the <laughs> the the black cat thief guy. Oh, Felicia Hardy. Yes. <laughs> Who played Felicia Hardy? Has she been in a movie yet? How has Felicia so. Hardy not been in? Maybe okay. I don't think Black Cat was in any of the modern Spider-Man movies, but maybe Felicia Hardy pre-Black Cat was. The I think the closest we got was in the DLC, the PS4 Spider-Man game. Oh, the Mistborn one. Yeah. Because she was definitely in that, but I don't think she's been in anything that had like a wider reach than that. Hmm. Definitely not any like popular. movies. Yeah, I remember looking her up for something related to Spider-Man game, but I can't. I don't remember. She was in different iterations of cartoons, like yeah, she was, was it in... was the one where he was younger, like Spectacular Spider-Man? I think she was in. They that. had a version of Black Cat where she was still kind of like a petty thief. She was also and in she, yeah, the that's 90s. the one I remember. She was also in the Didn't Age Well Fox cartoon with bad animation that one. I loved when I was a kid. But <laughs> oh buddy, that show didn't age well. Really? I liked that show a lot when I was a kid too. Uh X Men from the same time frame, amazing, still. Like completely holds up. But hmm. yeah, Spider Man's animation quality was bad. I remember going back and watching nineties X Men and thinking that it was like Animation wasn't smooth, but it was, like, intentionally comic book-like in a way. Yeah, it's, I mean, it holds up, is what I'm saying. I was just surprised that the the, Spider-Man show, which came later, didn't. The writing was, uh, I mean, very comic book-y, but mostly also holds up. It's a good show. Hmm. Anyway, Felicia Hardy was also in that, and as Black Cat. Vincent Castle is who I'm talking about. Vincent Castle. Gonna be Hoyd in my next castlet. How, what does that have to do with Black Cat? He left little black cats when he stole stuff in Ocean's Twelve. Oh, okay. Oh, like in The Simpsons. Yes, exactly like in The Simpsons. They die. Uh, Hoyd is still alive. Yeah. And Wayne gives Wax his private time so that he can pray with his earring in. And Harmony speaks back and they have a full-on conversation. Uh... And we learn about Pyam, who was a Chandra from the third generation, and she took one spike out, so she is out of the direct control of Harmony, and also not fully uh, lucid because of doing so. So kind of a loose cannon that Pyam. And uh, oh, the funny thing is, so she can only have one spike in at a time. You know, it's you know because she's trying to avoid Harmony's control. So when she changes spikes to get a new power, she has to like pull one spike out and aim and fall on top of another spike. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very D and D head of Vecna 
esque of like, all right, I need to remove my head and also have this set up in such a way that new head lands in the right spot. But the head of Vecna didn't work. Well, that's because nobody ever got it. Got the Rube Goldberg machine working properly. That's because they rolled in that one. All right. Um, I'm kind of curious why Harmony suddenly decides to reveal himself to Wax in this way. Like he kind of, sort of did at the end of Alloy of Law, but very like it was a, a lot more subtle than this. Uh, maybe because like when humans are dealing with human affairs, he doesn't want to interfere so much. But now that this is a Chandra threat, you know, he needs to take more drastic measures. I guess that's it. That's my my guess is that I guess that what's my guess is that. And after the events of Alloy of Law. Wax has basically stepped up to be the harmony or the uh, the avatar of harmony. He multiclassed into paladin. One of the avatars, Marasi, apparently is uh, pretty favored by harmony. She doesn't get and to I'm talk kinda, to God. Well, she at least acts surprised, or you know, later in this chapter. I mean, she anybody can talk to God, but God doesn't talk back to her. Well, she doesn't have a Vin's earring. Wait, does does Wax have Vin's earring? Or just some other hemallergic earring? Uh, the earrings that are given out, uh, I believe we got a word of Brandon on it, are um, Inquisitor Spikes from when Vin killed all the Inquisitors at the end of Book 3. Oh. They, they were yeah, gathered. She, she did go on a bit of a killing spree. Yeah. We do have a... Whoa, hang on a second. What Could Wax use the earring to gain the ability to burn tin? Probably not at this point. Hmm, just because the hemallergic power has degraded so far, or... Like, it's explicitly it, it, stated... It, it could also not be a tin earring. Yeah. Uh, it, it's explicitly stated, and I'm not sure if it, this book or Alloy of Law, that there's not enough alimic power... Or, so or hemallergic power. One of these earrings, one of these earrings specifically... If okay, the, so the if, earrings that Harmony gives out... Okay, but I mean, like, obviously there's enough hemallergic power... That could be in an earring, but yeah. So if Wax were to take the earring and stab himself in exactly the right spot, based on what the earring is made out of and what power it took, then theoretically he could burn or ferrochemical some thing, like some metal or some aspect, at such a weak rate as to not actually be able to do it functionally. Oh. So yes, they are they are still hemolard, but no, they're not used for, for gaining powers. What if he put two earrings in? Would Harmony be able to control him directly then? Don't think mm. two earrings would be enough for a... Right, because they're not spiky spikes and he's a human. Um, I, I, think I guess he that's true because Kolos, Kolos aren't... Wait, were the Kolos in Era 1 directly controlled by Ruin? No. Okay. Um, all right, here's another point. Um, I'm, let's, uh, well, go on. I'll let all right, so up. Kolos are very much a special case in the Cosmere in that the only connection they have to cognitive and spiritual realms is through their spikes. Mm -hmm. So they are they are extra special um, connected. Like, when they aren't spiked, when they're mistrays, they are exclusively physical realm creatures. You mean humans. You're talking about Kolos. Yeah, oh, yeah, sorry, I was talking about Chandra. Kolos are... You, you must have heard Chandra. Yeah, I was thinking Chandra. Kolos are... I think Ruin definitely thing. exerted something Kolos did. Like, he definitely could control them, but he can control the Inquisitor even better because they had so many spikes. Yeah, well, I mean, Chandra are also humans. Misraids are also humans, right? Right, Chandra Were. only have two spikes, so Were, they... Okay. 
he could have less influence controlling them and then they they were so heavily ingrained with the um what's it called the resolution the resolution the contract the first contract not well they they had to have like they had to train themselves well enough that even when ruin controlled them they could pull out their spikes as part of the resolution like the resolution is what made them stronger than ruin yep which we got to see like exactly how that worked during like sections where we were checking in on marsh which was yes ruin could finger puppet him uh, but he still had a little piece of his mind and when ruin wasn't paying direct attention he had some small amount of control over himself mm. enough to pull out an e- oh spoilers for error 1 i'm sorry guys yeah all right so i also found an interesting point here that uh, preservation has the power to hear people and ruin has the power to speak to people. Well, and I guess those are both channeled through hemallergy. So I kind of want to go back and reread era one with that in mind that like, well, Vin's got her earring in most of the time is preservation, listening to what she's saying and ruin can speak to her through her earring, but not actually hear what she says back. Well, hemallergically like otherwise he could probably hear her if he's his presence is nearby but whatever so yeah just kind of interesting the the neat thing is to look at the the sections where she's like she's stuck in one of the the supply depots thing and just ruin is talking to her and you can see that he never like no matter what she says or like if she thinks something he doesn't react to it, only if she actually says it out loud hmm. yeah she actually makes a note of that yeah hmm but yeah, that is a good point. And I love, this is like a shout outs in general. If you happen to be a fan. I mean, if you're listening to us this long, you're probably a fan of Brandon Sanderson. Do reread. Because when you know more about the Cosmere and you go and read the older stuff, like these things will stand out, especially. And I, I think Stormlight Archives and Axel, because you're going to catch things you miss. Time and time. All right, I think it's time for some scones. Next half. Marasi is shaky. Leecher. Wax shows up. Ryan is not the guy. Why is Wax suddenly nice to Marasi? Coin message. Party time! Alright, so from Marasi's perspective, she's uh, still a little nervous from the assassination attempt. They're like, oh, we can interrogate him once our leecher from the other department shows up. So, I, is a leecher somebody who burns, like, external aluminum, I guess, and can deplete the reserves of somebody else? It's not uh, a, chromium, it's a, not aluminum. Chromium, it's the external version. It's it's not aluminum or duralumin. It's the external version of aluminum, which I didn't actually bring up the chart. And chromium, chromium. I just chromium. it up. Yes, you're 100 percent right in everything you said. I just I'm forgot not, which metal. I'm not was. correcting yeah. you. I'm adding more info. Chromium. Okay. So yeah, chromium. All right. So they call that person a leecher. Uh, okay, Wax shows up. So Ryan is this guy what tried to assassination attempt the mayor, uh, sorry, governor, and he was just a distraction. And you better believe that Conjure Girl is going to be at the governor party, so we better go there. Also, there's like a coin uh, lodged into Ryan's shoulder, and it has a message on it that I don't know. Is it like actually written on the coin or so? I don't know. Whatever. It's symbolic in some way. Wax understands. Doesn't tell us. Uh, and just says we got to go. You, hey Maras, you want to go to a party? I'm going to with your sister. And that's the end of this week's chapter. Okay. So the big thing I want to get into. Uh, Sazed makes a claim when talking to Wax. He Which says claim that, is that Mike. 
Well, he says that Wax is not his only agent in the affairs of men, and that he manipulated circumstances in such a way to get Marasi into the position she's in. Uh, that is not the claim that I'm referring to. Okay, but I forgot to mention that, and I wanted to. So, what are you saying? Uh, that he thinks that he made things too easy on the Ellendale Basin people, uh, and that that is why they haven't invented yet. Right, because he says, says, oh, I made things too easy for them, so they haven't invented the radio, And as an example. Yeah. Like, other cultures that have been around this long or come this far technologically have invented the radio. Why haven't my people invented the radio? Ah, because I coddled them. So, I have some strong disagree with that assessment. Uh, but first, okay. where's he getting this information? How Whoa. does he even know what a radio is? We haven't been to any world that has a radio. Earth? Earth doesn't Wait, exist in the cosmere. So, it doesn't? Oh, that's interesting. I didn't actually yeah, realize that. I mean, the, you, there are presumably other solar systems out there. So, or maybe says it, I don't know, maybe he can see into an alternate reality, or maybe he can see other planets that are not in the Cosmere Solar System. Or maybe he's just so smart now that he can extrapolate that it's a thing that could happen. So, my thinking is that he looked at the history of um, the Dragon's world. It's called... Yolin. Yolin. Thank you. That would be my best guess for, for like where he got the idea of, yeah, at this tech level radio because again we haven't seen it anywhere else yet but then the and i haven't even seen it there i mean we haven't seen it there we haven't been there mike's just guessing yeah huh but because it's a major world that we know is a major world that we haven't seen yet that's my best guess um anywho his claim that because life was too easy nobody invented the stuff that he was expecting them to have invented yet is in my opinion bunk like, the reason human technological progress has been so slow historically is largely because most of the things that humans do is stay alive. Like, most of our time and effort is has historically been put into not dying. Okay. And stealing things from other people so you can not die. But they can die. Well, sure. I think that the radio probably came about to, like, not die in war, right? To have faster communication to have an, you know on your side to have an edge over your enemy in war right okay but well, radio came about after morse like it was it was telegraph yeah i, I don't radio. think i don't think it was about war i think it was just purely uh, about communication yeah and the the ability to communicate across long distances doesn't necessarily need those distances to be incredibly long like from one side of the city to the other is viable for radio right mm. And, and way faster than, you know, sending a message or a pneumatic tube or... Well, so I get what you're saying, Mike, that, you know, people aren't in a headspace to invent things if they're constantly worried about just surviving, like it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs kind of thing. And yeah, if so, by providing the basic necessities of, yes, there is abundant food, the weather's good, so you don't need to worry too terribly much about you know shelter there's necessity fresh water is the mother like, of invention basic necessities are met therefore time time and effort can be spent on these other things and like in writing the uh, the book of founding he gave them a baseline tech level to build from so the reason they haven't invented the radio yet is because brandon lacks the imagination that people would do so in the i'm not convinced um 
like you bring up a good point like the needs the basic needs are met therefore they don't have to invest energy handling that particular aspect however they also need they need reasons for do what they for doing things that they do like they have invented for example locomotive and uh, alternate forms of transportation in that way despite the presence of people like wax who can fly around using allomancy so there's a need to be fulfilled there. People want to get around faster. So therefore, they found ways to allow anyone to travel. There is a need there that is applied. I think the problem necessarily the Ellendale Basin, I believe the problem is that communication over a loss isn't a thing that was necessarily needed. So therefore, Why not? there's less of an incentive to come up with something like the radio. Now, people are traveling. Said, I think it was They're inevitable. going longer distances. Why wouldn't you also then need to communicate? There isn't because a lack of the weather's the weather's always so nice they don't need to do the weather report and communicate it. Right, and cars are only just now getting invented there, so they don't need the traffic report yet either. Basically, they need a reason for researching what they do. When, what they need is sports. Yes. Like, like technological advancement in human history. Hockey ball. <laughs> technological innovation in our history is typically driven by some need, whether it be trying to meet basic needs like food, survival, that sort of thing. Uh, wartime to make sure your team survives and the other sort of thing. So conflict and supplying needs like that's our history. And the fact of the matter is the Ellendale Basin doesn't have wide scale. Like we're not widespread conflict. It's very local. You still have crime in there. So you don't have gigantic wars as a catalyst. You don't all the needs are supplied for people who are in the basin. So you don't need to look at better farming strategy, things like that. But I bet somebody would be in because that's human nature. I'll be honest, Mike, if I can get away with just playing video games all day, every day, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to invent a thing. Okay. I'm going to sit at home and play my video games and be happy about it. What is true of you isn't necessarily true of everybody. There I are know. There, there are people... some ambitious people out there who feel the need to invent and push forward. Um, uh, even even giving your own example... progress. Hold on. Like... Even, even giving your own example of sitting at home and playing video games. Hey, man. Speed running. I mean... There are people who, who want to optimize the things they do. Yes, I'm not one of them. Well, I mean, I guess for randomized. I'm saying, man, this is this is a truth of humanity. Is we try to make things better. I I, I think you're mistaking no technological progress with slow technology. Like the people here on Scadrial should be like on the cusp of that that exponential curve that we reach that that catapult the industrial computer and modern age. They they're growth curve seems to be a lot lower compared to what he thinks should be there is technological progress it's just scattered rather than focused is this no, what spoiler sections course. sound like a lot yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so i think there's a there's definitely a line um between the um we are safe and secure and now we can invent stuff versus the we have a definite need and now we're going to invent the thing that fills it um, right now, I'm concurrently reading The Science of Discworld Part 2, The Globe, and there's a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff in there about 
how need is a driving factor of evolution, um, but according to most scientific theories. And so it's a, it's a very interesting book if you guys are Discworld fans and you haven't given it a try yet. Uh, I recommend all of the Science of Discworld books. They're very interesting. Um, but also, I think um, the big thing here is just that Harmony is wrong. Uh, he guessing that the reason that they haven't got the technology that he thinks they should have is because he's coddled them too much. But at the same time, we see that there's all this unrest in the population, that, like they're on the verge of riots and um, strikes. And so, you know, things are not as hunky-dory as Harmony thinks they are. And, I mean, the the base reason why people on Scadrille haven't invented the radio yet is because Brandon didn't write them. Yeah, if you want to get right down to it. So there is an omnipotent god of the Cosmere, and his name is Brandon Sanderson. Yeah, basically. All right, I've, I've I, said I my bit. I, th- I think it's a reasonable assumption that they wouldn't necessarily have radio with. I feel that, that Harmony's reasoning is flawed. I've given my reason. Anybody else got anything for non-spoiler time? No. Hey, Dave, what do you think of Seizet being back in POG form? Um, I wonder exactly how Marasi fits into his plan. I'm like, there's no way she's like a conjurer or something, probably. Maybe like her mom's a conjurer, even. That would be pretty nuts. That's all. Hey, Dave, did Craig just imply that Seizet eats cats? Yeah, cool. I believe so. <laughs> I mean, anyone can be in pog form. I'm not anybody can out. eat cats. <laughs> hey, anybody uh, can eat a, an air fryer if you're not a coward. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there is some guy who's metal things weird and disgusting. But is, is that I, guy saw that a, I saw that in a. I saw that in a sideshow performance. <laughs> I'm out of here. Good night, guys. Bye, Dave. Bye, Dave. Bye, Dave. All right, play the thing because Dave is gone. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. I feel like you're intentionally doing yes. me. Oh, you gotta have fun. Have <laughs> I a little bit so- of fun in life. I was so startled when you introduced me at the beginning that, like, I my mind went totally blank. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. That was my oh, favorite part. I'm like, I'm going to call out Tori. She's not going to know what to do. I didn't know. Okay, so the other agents that Sazed was referring to are the Chandra. Yep, those are his right hand. Not, went... not Marasi. She's she's there and she's helpful, but she's not an agent. He knows that Marasi can some good things. And once, you know, he doesn't want the party sp- you know, I appreciate that he wants the party together. Nothing and bugs me more than reading a story and you have 10 different people in 10 different locations. And you're like, why don't you just get together and work together? Last week, we just discussed the pronunciation of her name. And I just said it the way that I consider wrong. Dang it, Mike. Marasi. Marasi. There we go. Yeah, I'm going to keep saying Marasi because that's just how it is. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to fight you on that one. You're, you're correct, but I think I'm right. If that makes sense. Uh, what else do we have for spoilery, spoileriness, spoilerosity? Well, we had a good discussion about the technological press. I think that's the, the big takeaway from these two chapters. Uh, and, and according to, like, big Cosmere. Yeah. There's a lot of little bleeder using bloody Tan's body. Oh, I've got a spoiler thing. Um, perhaps Harmony was looking at the technological progress of the Southern Scadrians? Like, I don't know if they have radio, but maybe he's over here like... Dang, look at these people that I didn't help and how advanced they are. Like, 
we 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 already know they have flying ships. Like, what else do they have? Yeah, the thing is, the northern Scadrians were given the words of founding. The southern Scadrians weren't given any of that. So I think it's good. I I don't think they have radio, but they do have airships, right? Well, they like, yeah. They built all of okay. So they based all of their technology off of having access to a very 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 small amount of allomancy and a much larger amount of ferrukami, and also et metal. They have a source of et metal. Right. And I don't think the northern Scadrians do, then leave me being pretty sure that Harmony's shard pool is in southern Scadrial. Yeah. Um, so, like, all of their technological progress is based on that combination of things, and it's all very magitech, where uh, northern Scadrial is just standard technology. Steam engine, electricity, coal, power, I don't know. Right, they went through the steam power. Right. Well, what we're used to in our night. So, like, they could be, they could have gone the route of, of you know, semi-magitech. Like, they figured out how to generate electricity by, you know, by making a thing spin. And then they could have done that with steel pushers and iron pullers. But... Yeah, I think the, the problem with that, Mike, is that you want something passive to be able to generate the power that you need. And allomancy is a very active power. Like you need to constantly ingest the metal and do the investor. So I, while I think people can do that, I don't see people doing that like as a job or why not? I think it's, it's much easier to look at a, a non magic way to push tasks. And that's what in scadrians were doing. I mean, I understand why not. Why not is in a meta sense, because it would look a lot like avatar, the last airbender. Dude, that sounds like a, we do that. And that's not a bad thing. And I don't think Brandon wanted to quite invite those comparisons. Right. But, I mean, I feel I, I, think, I feel yeah, like I there Brandon... should be more incorporation of the fact that they have a lot of elements. Right. Relatively They speaking. definitely have a lot more elements. Um, I think he did a fair enough job at, you know, trying to combine magic and technology. And I think that's the reason we have the Southern Scadrians, to compare what can be done. If, like you said, there's a, more of a focus in the metals that you have. In this case, a heavy emphasis on Furukami that now they have access right um, i think that makes sense. and it, the fact is they tried to find a way for everyone to have access to it not just a specific one and that's sort of the problem that we have and actually i think why we have the class on rest um in the northern scadrians is that it's still a very it's a party like only alamancer maybe are tech well I, I guess they got better with like Niska, like you have that anymore that kind of class divide but it's still very much a, it's a party right and then, have access to so you're saying that the Southern Scadrians are communist? Yeah, yeah, I can get behind that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the like the closest thing I think we have to like proper involvement of Alamancy to like the modern culture and technology is like soothing parlors, which yeah is very low tech. Like that's not including them in technology, really. That's just there well, is no other way to it. do this. And so we've monetized it. If you think about it, like, in, according to, like, Allomancy, if you look at Allomancy and what powers are available, the emotional Allomancy and, like, what, copper clouds, like, they're the only ones that can affect an area. You could probably get away with bubble creators. Like, if you, you can maybe make something similar to Soothing Parlor where you have a room that is encompassed by a Bendeloy bubble so you can do more stuff in less time. But that's incredibly expensive from what we can gather from Wayne to access, to gather Bendel. It's very expensive just to get like a couple minutes. That that sounds exactly like the sort of thing that that these workhouses would do. Mm. Um, assuming that the the workforce doesn't like put speed bubbles on the work floor 
in order to get more time for your time. Like right. You pay people for eight hours, but you get, you know, 20 hours of labor out of them. Oh, God, that's so horrible. Don't give them ideas. That's what's really happening. That's why when you're at work and you look at the clock and then you look at the clock and it's only been five minutes and you were like, what the heck? Yeah, the clock is in an aluminum cage. Now. What? The clock is in an aluminum cage, so it keeps proper outside time. All right. Well, moving on. This is the chapter where we find out that Bleeder only has Spike, and that's why Harmony can't control her or do. And she it's only also has it's also all the pieces we need for the end of the book. Yeah. Like, all right, she's got one Spike. If she had two, I could stop her. And hey, that earring. That earring is totally a hemallergic Spike. Those are completely unrelated topics. Don't combine them. <laughs> the question is, when is Dave going to figure that out? Because I, th- I think they discuss in the middle of the book that a solution is to give her a spike. I think, isn't it at the end of the book he tries to shoot her with something, some bullet that happens to be a spike and he misses? And then he realizes his earring can do the same thing? Like, am I, am I remembering that? I don't Well, we'll, we'll see when Dave figures that out. Uh, I feel like both um, this book and Bands of Mourning are much easier to sort of, like, figure out what the twists are. I will say the first time I read Bands of Morning, like, I saw everything coming from a mile. Like, that his sister would be a traitor and all that other stuff. I'm like, it's so obvious, but that's the point. It's supposed to be obvious to us. It's hard for Wax to accept it because of his history. Wax has a definite blind spot when it comes to certain things, and that's the hole we have the book in. Is like, his yeah, aunt going to be... A traitor, and she's actually working for the suit, but Wax doesn't see it or accept it. Is his aunt going to be the big bad of book four? Okay, if Isn't you remember. apparently dead, just like right. his sister was so, apparently dead? Uncle suit, aunt suit, and sister suit all died in a carriage accident at the same right. time. Yeah. Except two of those three are confirmed not dead and confirmed working for the for team bad guy. Yep. So are we are we getting the hat trick out of this? I don't think it would be a stretch. Uh, hat trick, if I may remind you, is an in-universe term. Because they have hockey ball? Uh, no, Brandon used it. Didn't, like, he fought with his editors about it because it it's like a very modern colloquialism. Right. But he came up with the explanation that bored noblemen came up with a game where they attempt to toss their hats onto other hats. And three hats on top of each other is called a hat trick. <laughs> I didn't know any of this. I don't even remember when he uses the term hat trick, but... Uh, I think it was in Well of Ascension when Ellen is talking to Vin. You killed my fiancé and my god and my father. You pulled off a homicidal hat trick. Oh, okay. The the exact phrasing was homicidal hat trick. The rest of it, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it stuck out to me because in in other places where I've discussed this with people, like, they get very caught up on that phrase and it's like that took me completely out of the story i hate it but yes hat trick is an in-universe term okay yeah i i'm willing to go with a lot when it comes to skadriel because skadriel is supposed to be most earth similar world in the cosmere well like, now if, it is if you need any analogs or anything it's going to be on skadriel like it's assume earth with magic like that's all skadriel with element starting in era two because era one is, is well, very unearthly. Yeah. That, yeah, that's a good point. But they still had animals that you would find on. It's just not many, not many. But now, yeah, ever two, absolutely, it's gonna be like her. So, and by Patrick's, animals, you mean horses, hockey ball, chickens. It's all here. Storm Stormlight has more has more Earth animals. Mistborn. No, no, no. 
Yeah. We there are references. Like we don't necessarily see animal on screen, but they definitely mention animals that you would typically find. I'm talking era one. I, I'm oh. pretty sure it was just horses. Didn't they have rats? They had at least rats. They have rats. Dogs. I do not remember dogs. I remember horses. And I figured yeah. that it was like they kept horses because uh, some noblemen from right before the world broke had horses. And they were like, let's save the horses because I like horses. <laughs> you don't think anyone would do that with dogs? I didn't see dogs. I don't remember seeing dogs in era one. And I feel like there would have been guard dogs and Kelsier would have had to deal with them. Well, I know for a fact we have dogs and cats, and so they came from somewhere. And probably the reason, now that I'm thinking about it, that, that we didn't see dogs in Era 1 is because Kelsier would have had to murder dogs, and we still want to be at least somewhat on Kelsier's hounds. side. Well, puppy. Oh, wait, Wolfhound, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Ah, there are dogs. Okay, Vin killed a dog. Jeez, Vin. Vin did, she slugged the dog. Fed him to... Yeah. How did I forget that? Anyway, yes, no. I don't know. I thought you were and being Venus sarcastic for a minute there. Talked about how cat-like she like they have cats and dogs. Well, that might just be a language thing rather than rather than they're actually being cats. The point is, if you were to make a zoo in Era Two Scadrill, it would look very similar. Right, and if you do it on on Roshar, it would be crabs. <laughs> I hope you like crabs because you're gonna look at crabs. And Hoyd would hate it. <laughs> Okay. Wait, you don't know what a dragon is? Pretend it's some giant fl- Uh, what's a dog? It's like, okay, so think of an axe hound, and then, you know how axe hounds are slimy and gross? Make it not that. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, do we have any- I do. Alright. So Kelsey are like 100% murdered dogs, right? Like lots of them, because yeah. they'd be guard dogs? I think he would have, yeah. Okay. Hey, we have new reasons to not like Kelsier. Like, we need a list of things. I mean, we do need a list of things. He was a protagonist in the first book. Not the protagonist, but a protagonist. He was a he was a sympathetic character. Look, I, there's people I don't trust. I don't trust Kelsier. I don't trust Hoyt. There's people I do trust. I trust Dallin on Kaladin when he's not being a Brody boy. So never? You you just don't <laughs> trust Kaladin? <laughs> Wait, there was also something in this, this uh, week's chapters where Wayne's like, hey, why didn't you shoot me right away? Like, I feel like Wax is very much a take action and figure out afterwards. Well, like... We sort of got really lucky that Wax did. Okay, I actually have an explanation for this. Oh, yeah? So, previous to coming back to Elendil, uh, the only person that Wayne cared about, like, in between, um, what's her face? Lessie. In between Lessie dying and start of Alloy of Law, Wayne would be the only person that Wax cares about, which means... Anybody who sneaks up on him, he can shoot. Because either... There were, there were people he had, not that he cared about them, but he had agreements with. Like, he, he knew most of the other law keepers out in the roughs. And they wouldn't sneak up on him. Okay, yeah, true. So anybody who sneaks up on him, he can shoot. Because it's either someone he doesn't mind being dead, or Wayne, who can get better. Yeah. Now, we've got Wayne and Marisi and Steris. Yeah. So, two out of three of those, not gonna enjoy being shot. Yep. And his butler. Oh, uh, I don't think he'd mind if he shot the butler. Oh. I think the butler okay. would mind because I don't think this butler is working for his uncle, but... I thought this was the, the butler that works for the uncle. No, not any... No, that guy died. Did I already miss that scene? That was in Arrow 1... Or, that was in Alloy of Law, dude. No, I thought that was this book. No, he exploded and got shot and exploded oh, okay. and turned inside out and exploded. I mixed up my books. Yeah. Uh, Wayne does the, like, rip all the all the skin off my back scene thing 
that Dave yeah. did the gross noise for. Yep. That I edited out. You're welcome. Anyway, yeah, I'm done. Uh, uh, I, I, gotta I go was going to gonna point out to mention, you mentioned, what were we talking about? We were talking about Wayne sneaking up and shot. Darius, that's what I wanted. Did you hear? I, I I think Dave's not on the stairs train yet. Yeah, he'll get there. Yeah. I'm, he'll, I'm, he'll, I'm looking forward to the moment when he's like, you know what? It's a little girl. He will I'm for sure for be moment, there guys. by by the hotel scene in uh, book three. Yeah, I think it wasn't until book three where I was. And then I went back and it, it retroactively. Like, you can see how how she is even in Alloy of Law. The, the, her character is there. You just have to know it exists. And you have to you not have to be on board the, the Wax and Marasi ship. Like, forget that ship. I don't care about that ship. That ship is like once once you sink that ship, then you can stare at someone. And yeah, Wayne and Milan, one true ship. And Skadrian Marasi. All right, I need to end things. I need to get ready for work. Okay. Oh, all right. Looks like that's it for this week all. So uh, say goodbye, everyone. Good night, Internet. Bye, everybody. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.